Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast. My name is Yuri Mello. I will be your host as I guide you through the most valuable and relevant emotional and psychological ideas. Ideas that will transform your perspective and enhance your personal life and relationships. Let's do this. Welcome to the Daily Pulse podcast. This is episode number eight, how to become a relationship master instead of a relationship disaster. You won't want to miss this one. Stick around. Like I said, I am so happy that you are here. I'm proud that you are continuing in this tremendous journey, right? As you are looking to evolve and improve. Oh my gosh, I promise you. I promise you that this will be of benefit to you. I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about relationships. And is it just not absolutely true that relationships can completely bring us to our highest points in life, like the greatest moments of joy and significance and purpose and meaning? But man, they can also bring us down sometimes to our most painful moments. And I think the reason why that is, other than I think that there just almost has to be an opposition in things, right? If you kind of have one extreme, the highest level, then I think in part because of that highest level of joy and happiness that can be contained in those relationships, there is also the potential for the ultimate pain, right? And I think, and this isn't, I'm not telling you this to scare you because I am a fan of relationships. I am a fan of marriage. I am a fan of relationships. I look to build. I want you to build them. I want you to invest in them. And I want you to become skilled and better because here's what I know and what I've known over the past 16 years as I've taught people is that relationships, your relationships, will demand the very best out of you. They will. They will. They will demand the patience, the care, the understanding, the selflessness, the giving, the thinking. They will demand the very best of you, and they should, because relationships are the pinnacle. They are the top of the enlightened individual. And that's why they're so significant in our lives. They're so significant. And today, I'm going to give you some tools and some psychological kind of, well, some paradigm-shifting concepts that will help you to see relationships in a different way and that will help you to respond instead of being very reactive in situations because our heart is involved. And whenever that heart is involved, boy, things can get hot real quick, can they not? Anyways, I want to just start by saying that for our relationships to flourish, I want you to decide right here, right now, that you need to flourish. For your relationships to grow and to evolve into something beautiful, we ourselves need to be striving toward that. And I know that sometimes it's difficult to look internally because our eyes see outwardly, right? So, I mean, we can clearly see other people and what they're doing wrong and how they're doing this and they're not doing this and they should do this and they couldn't, you know, why don't they do this better and blah, 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 blah. And we oftentimes, right, we're filled with these blind spots, right? Like we can't see ourselves clearly. 
We can see others and we can point the finger pretty dang accurately, but man, we sometimes, maybe fearfully, maybe insecurely, are fearful of looking internally and realizing, man, I've got some work to do and, and I better engage in it. Um, and, I, and I could very easily be saying these words to myself. In fact, I am. Even though I'm the one presenting this information, just realize that there's no, I'm not trying, I'm not attempting to be hypocritical here. I just want to provide good content that will transform you, that will help you and help you to progress in this fantastic ability, which is to be a fantastic partner, a great friend, a great spouse, a great father and mother. Oh my gosh, like it, it just matters, matters so much. And so based on that statement, it's just important to realize that the greatest gift that we can give to those we love isn't just to love them, but it's to have a sound mind. It's to have a humble disposition. It's to learn how to be accepting and tolerant. It's learning to be encouraging. It's, it's being forgiving and being willing to repair quickly. In short, the greatest gift that you can give those you love, in addition to, to love, is, is good mental health for you to be healthy. And perhaps you aren't that healthy right now, and that's okay. I don't feel like I'm very healthy, so just join the, join the clan, right? Join the group. Here I am with you. Like, but I know, I know this without, I'm with zero doubt, complete certainty that wherever it is that you are, like we can grow, we can progress, we can become light years better with a little bit of work and with a little bit of time and with some effort, we can and we will become better. I often tell people when I talk about when they come in to see me because they're having some sort of a relationship issue or I always tell them this fantastic quote by Einstein. I say, you know, we can't solve problems with the same level of thinking that created those problems. And if you think about that quote a little bit, the presumption, the, the statement there, the meat of that statement is that we have to be growing to resolve our issues. We have to be progressing. We have to be evolving to ultimately resolve our present issues. It's really, really important. The challenge there, of course, is that we are filled, right, with these default settings, right? These shortcuts that trigger our anger, our panic, our fear, our punishing behavior, our guilt, our manipulation, etc. And we're filled with these little buttons all over us, right? That when somebody disrespects us or doesn't listen or does this or does that, you know, here comes this like ultra protective defensive person. And all of a sudden, the very things that we want in our relations, our desire to connect, to be joyous, to be happy is placed aside and our behavior, right, becomes erratic and reactive 
and unhelpful. And really all that I really want to talk about and help you to do is I just want to help you to be healthy and effective in your relationship so that you're doing things in a way that promote connection, promote understanding, promote safety, instead of provoking all the things that we don't want. And I hope you realize that you sometimes do this. And what I'm hoping that you will get by the end of today is perhaps a commitment and a determination to do that less, to be a little more mindful, a little more conscious in your relationship, and less driven by your past trauma or hurts. Anyways, this is important because I ultimately want us to develop to our highest level of maturity, right? Which is interdependence. We begin as children as being very dependent. We then, as we progress through teenage and adulthood and teenage and adolescence, we become independent, right? And independence is important, right? We need to arrive at that place. We need to be at that place where we can say, I like this, I like that, I prefer this, I want this. Because ultimately, when we enter a significant relationship, you will have to willingly give that up, at least a portion of that, for the sake of the us and the we that we create when we become an interdependent soul or interdependent people. And that's why it's important to be independent because we need to make that decision. We need to give of ourselves and realize, I am giving of myself for this better synergistic thing instead of giving of yourself and then just feeling bitter and resentful because you're not living the life you want. So it's really important for you to realize why we're doing this because we want to move towards that. And what I find, and I'm about to be very stereotypical, and I apologize, I'm just going to make a general statement that I'm sure is incorrect and many times, and I'm just giving it to you as, as because I want to be helpful. And I find that sometimes women have a tendency to be a little stuck in the dependency and men tend to be stuck in independency, meaning it's about them. And men get a lot of rewards, right, from being them, independent, my decision, my choice, I fix my problems. And sometimes, once again, very general, women tend to come from the other place where they want the man to intervene, they, and, and they become overly trusting there. I find that women are much more attracted to this concept of us and we. And I think men can be too. That's certainly, I'm not saying that, but I just find that that becomes a more natural state for them because that coincides with a lot of their desires, which is wonderful. And women are just fantastic. I, I don't even need to go into it because... That they're just they're just better than than I am. They're just better than we are as men. And I and I don't say that to be competitive, but they're just great. And I'm not saying every woman is this way or that somehow men are inferior, nothing like that. But I'm just impressed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I want to give you a little bit of a format before we begin, and I'm gonna give you six tips. Uh, afterwards that are going to improve your relationships, all of them, including friendships, you know, co-worker type things, relationships with your children, your own. 
But it's really important that when you enter a relationship, and I want you to imagine kind of a pyramid in your mind, right? And this pyramid is divided into maybe five, uh, you know, five rungs, right? So kind of a big bottom one, and then one above that, and one above that, all the way to the very peak, right? And they're kind of in uh, the very peak of relationships, right? What we ultimately desire for is intimacy, right? And intimacy, uh, I'm not talking about sexuality, and that may be part of that, but but intimacy is to have a deep knowledge and a deep understanding and connection with that person that you're with. The next rung right below intimacy is connection. And to me, connection defined is being seen, heard, and understood by my partner. Like, And that's really important. Below that is love and kindness. Below that is safety. And below that is protection. So the way that this pyramid works is if you are not feeling intimate with your spouse, it's likely because you're not connecting well. If you're not connecting well, it's because maybe the love and kindness that you're treating each other with is lacking. If that's lacking, it's probably because you don't feel safe or that the partner has loyalty to you. And if you don't feel safe, it's because you don't feel protected by your spouse. And so know this and just realize I'm about to give you a task. Your task is to make sure that all of your interactions convey protection, safety, loyalty, and love so that you can ultimately feel and have the connection into intimacy that you want. To do that, and this is your tool number one, we have to tune into each other. What does that mean? In a friendship, in a relationship, in a marriage with our children, we have to tune in. This means to be emotionally responsive to that person. That means when they're talking, you're listening. You're listening with your ears. You're listening with your body. You're listening with your eyes. You're engaging, right? Your relationship cannot be a place of trauma. It has to be a place where we go to heal from our trauma, right? Our relationship has to be a place that inspires trust, safety, and protection. And if it is, then you will see your relationship flourish. And when it isn't, it will wilt and it will suffer. So tune into your friends, your coworkers, your partners, and your children, because that will help you to build those rungs of protection, safety, and love. Number two, you have to watch your language in your relationships. Look, our language just matters. The way that we communicate to our friends, to our children, to our spouse is of critical importance because it's communication, our words are really the only way we have of, ex- well, I guess we can we can express things non-verbally as well, but as, as the most, our words are the way that we can express ourselves to those around us. And so our language is important, right? And I want the relationship to be a place where they feel like they can be heard and where you can speak honestly, but appropriately and effectively, right? I want you to realize, and I've talked about this in the past, this concept of inviting and promoting, right? We are constantly inviting and promoting something in our environment. We cannot help it. 
That is just what we do. And when we are kind, we invite and promote kindness. When we are just, we invite and promote justice. When we are honest and clear and forgiving and when we are humble we promote and invite those things and when we are not when our language does not manifest those things then we are provoking the opposite when we are unkind rude swearing manipulating guilting we are provoking bitterness and anger in the other one now If that's what you want to promote, so be it. But I just need you to be aware that, wow, this is what's happening. When I'm doing this, I am promoting this. I am promoting, when I'm guilting my children or my wife or whatever, I am promoting bitterness That's and resistance and resistance. So I always tell people, I tell men and women, look, man, you have got to learn to start your conversations soft. Start soft. Help your spouse feel safe when they're with you. And then, honestly, what problem is there that cannot be resolved? It can. It can. But we have to learn how to do this and how to develop some emotional maturity so that we can stay through the difficult time without becoming explosive or reactive, right? Some things that I'm going to throw your way and part of just learning to watch your language is be cautious with your criticism, right? Criticism is problematic because we don't just view the problems. We think the person is the problem. And so it almost means that it doesn't matter what we do. We just are the problem or they're the problem or our children are the problem. And let me tell you, if you are at that place, Whatever intervention you use will not work very effectively. It just will not. Like we have to find a way to love and like these people or whatever we're doing just will not be effective. It will not work. Watch your words. Watch the way that you say things like the way that you say, well, you always do this or you never do this or the way that you assume things. Man, those things are hope killers. They're hope killers. It makes the individual or your children feel like it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter the positive efforts you make because once you make a mistake, right, here comes this like emotional hand grenade, right? You never, you always, and it, it just makes you feel like there's nothing that you can do. So eliminate those terms, those assumptions. Don't mind read for heaven's sakes from your conversational dictionary. Just stop using them now. And when you use them, apologize and just take that back and convey the information differently. And you can. You're creative and intelligent enough to do it. Okay, number three, tip number three is become valuable. I, this is a really important one. I tell people all the time, sometimes we get stuck in this loop or this, we're just stuck waiting for somebody to make us feel like we're valued, right? Like they value me, right? And we're just, when will they value me? When will they appreciate me? When will they this, right? I deserve this, right? And I want you, my, my, my suggestion to you is 
to mature away from the from seeking to be valued to becoming valuable and that's what i want you to be in your relationships with your spouse with your children with your friends with your coworkers seek to be valuable don't get stuck keeping score about whether you're valued or not it it will make you feel like a victim and it, it it'll become poisonous to you i promise you i promise you and so seek to become valuable make that paradigm shift in your mind shift away from wanting to be valued to becoming valuable and then watch the value that people give you increase. Now, once again, and I talked about it um, uh, before, sometimes we will be in relationships, unfortunately, that are abusive. And it won't matter how valuable you are. Um, sometimes we're, we're just in relationships with people who are, who are just hurt. They're not well. They're not well. And I feel for them. I feel sympathy, empathy, goodwill. I, I wish I could help them. But sometimes they're just not in a state where they can be valuable to you. And so no matter how valuable you are, you will always be unappreciated or abused or mis or not taken care of by this person. And I hope that you have the courage to move on from those relationships or at least engage in some form of treatment or help to see if we can resolve those. Anyways, tip number four is to improve your ratios, right? A ratio is something like a, a five to one or a 10 to one or a hundred to one or 20 to one, right? And uh, John Gottman, who is kind of one of the marriage gurus, is kind of famous for, for talking about this. Uh, at least I believe that he is. I'm not sure maybe there was somebody else, but but he talks about managing and improving the ratios in your relationship. And he said a good relationship will have a ratio of five positive events or circumstances or interactions for every one negative one, right? But later on, he goes on to say that really a stellar, a great relationship is more like 10 to 1 or 20 to 1. And so I am about to lay down, not, not an expectation, but a request. I'm going to tell you what your job is in all of your relationships. Your job is to improve the ratio in your relationships. It's to increase the positive interactions and to decrease the negative ones. Now, why is that? Why do we have to have so many positive ones for everyone negative, right? It feels unfair, and it absolutely is unfair. I don't even care about fairness, but you already know that about me. <laughs> Sorry about the rant there. But I believe that it's because negative events just have such a hold of our brain. Our brain remembers negative events because our brain is survivalistic. Our brain wants to protect us from harm in the future, and so our brain holds on to hurt and trauma and events in the past and usually kind of releases the good ones. And so that's why there has to be this inequality of positivity versus the negativity. Anyways, you've now got your job. Go do that in your relationships. Another one that is important is learning how to honor your differences in your relationships it is true, opposites attract, we kind of know that. 
But you really have to learn how to manage your expectations, like the things that you care about, the things that you believe are valuable, the things that you think are even true, right? (laughs) Just don't matter to other people. And, And you have to realize and honor those differences. And sometimes we become stuck in this idea that we have to be, we have to be one in mind and we have to be completely agreeable in every circumstance and in the way we parent and the way that we see things. And I just want to be honest with you. Like, I want to be real here. Um, Maybe that will happen in your relationship. I just don't find that that's very reasonable. Um, I just don't agree with some things. And I know that my wife doesn't agree with some things. And we're both adults and mature enough to realize and to honor those differences. And so instead of constantly trying to transform our friends or our spouses or our children to become just how we are, we need to do things a little bit differently. And we need to, yes, we need to be seekers of truth. And if we have valuable things to give, we should certainly give them. But to do so with gentle persuasion, with kindness, with long-suffering, with gentleness, not manipulation, not guilting, not cajoling, not manipulation, but to do so in a way that is persuasive and intelligent so that hopefully those people can receive it. But even then realize that they don't have to accept what it is that you have to give. Like these people, like they have their own choices to make. And so it's important for you to manage those expectations so that when you are disagreed with or not agreed with, you can honor those differences instead of launching into some tirade or feeling dreadfully hurt or disloyal or like your husband or spouse or wife or friend doesn't love you and just realizing that. Anyway, so that's really important to know. And number six, my last one, and a great thing that you need to become a master that, right? that will make you a relationship master instead of a relationship disaster is learn to repair and learn to accept repairs when your friends or spouse or children make them. Be a repairer. Be a peacemaker. How often? Always. How many times to apologize? Every time. You're the only one here, so I'm just telling you, like, I want you to step up to the table every time. I don't care whether your spouse does or not. I want you to. We are peacemakers because we believe in being peacemakers. We believe that it's better. We don't do things because we feel like somehow they're going to do this or this is what's going to happen. We do them because we believe in the principles. We believe in love and forgiveness and kindness and giving Because we believe them. They're our principles. They're not dependent upon the approval or the outcomes of others. And so be a great repairer because guess what? You are going to commit some errors. And some of them will be tragic errors. Some of them will be really hurtful. And when those happen, I hope that you come to yourself soon and attempt to repair with your loved ones. I wish you the very best. What a critical thing in your life. I hope you seek for relationships. I hope you seek for the very best ones in your life. I hope you do. 
I know that relationships can sometimes be very taxing, and some of them can even be poisonous and a little bit toxic. And there may be times in your life that you may have to cut some ties, and I know that that's difficult to do. But we have to be real as well. We have to be real and realize that we can we only have so much responsibility to other people in their behavior and realize that ultimately they make their own choices, which means that we will have to make our own choices as well. I hope and wish for the most marvelous and beautiful relationships to you. And as you listen to this podcast and read other books and ask me more questions, we will continue to talk about this topic because it is just of increasing importance. I wish you the best. Go be a relationship master. And I will see you next time.